A massive misconception that the general public has is that we as humans have instincts we should always follow. Movies of the 90s especially reinforced this concept with werewolves and the idea of how being primal was so much better. Many anti-technology people also beat this drum. I'm sorry to tell you this, but once humans left their ape ancestors, we stopped being primal and just running on pure instinct. We now mostly run on conditioning. Only babies still run on pure instinct that haven't been overridden by conditioning. Our ancestors had to train their beasts to wait for the right time to strike, to wait patiently before spearing a fish, and to sit there and learn to make stone tools and other skills, as well as wait for the harvest. However, not relying on instinct means that our mind is very plastic and we can be conditioned and condition ourselves to go way beyond our animal potential. You can either train your beast or let it train you. Which is fine if you go live in the wilderness by yourself, though unless you're relying on things human-made that you're bringing with you, or living in a group which also requires training your beast, your frail body isn't going to hold up to the primal environment you so idealize. The common word for instinct, however, is not the psychological definition of instinct, and encompasses conditioning as well, which is why the concept is confusing to the general public. They include true instinct, such as motivators, such as fight, flight, the libidos, and possibly things like curiosity. It also includes muscle memory from repetition, and while babies have pure natural instinctive reflexes, most of ours have been learned by trial and error and muscle memory conditioning. Conditioning is also lumped into instinct. Many times your brain can make a snap decision and it will just feel right, especially if you've had a lot of experience with the situation. These feelings are very important to listen to because they're often right, but because biases are also wired into conditioning, after getting a snap decision, one must have their inner beast trained enough to not emotionally hold on to that feeling. Once the inner beast has given its input, one must hold the feeling at arm's length and fully analyze it unless you need a snap decision and then you can't overthink it. Sadly, many people assume that their instincts should be enough because they're listening to their inner animal and that trains the inner beast to have less and less self-control. It allows their biases more control and their ability to rationalize becomes even greater. Their connection to reality and accuracy drops and they wonder why their life doesn't get better or they don't think to question their crappy lives with many fights, lost jobs, and never moving forward. Or they blame the man or create some scapegoat for why their life is crap. Inner beasts love them some scapegoats. People who refuse to train their inner beast are just like the people who refuse to learn how to train their dog until it's too late. There are also people who have this disnified ideal of animals and their own emotions. These animals just want love and our emotions should be free and uninhibited. They don't understand the triggers that make the animal react negatively and dangerously. And they don't understand why their own life is going badly. They are giving off positive vibes to the world and all the great artists had extreme emotion. On top of this ideal, your own emotion and inner beast is pretty addictive, pointing out that every form of destructive behavior stems from ignorance, laziness, and addiction. What people fail to understand about most breeds of dogs is that unless the dog is the alpha, they want to be told what to do and to follow. Most dogs don't want to just do their own thing and hang out. The idea of equals is completely foreign to them. 
they're either in control or they're obedient, no gray area. If they aren't getting treated as if they're subordinate, then in their minds they must be the alpha. As I've discussed in my previous videos on groupthink, your inner beast is very much dog-like in terms of peer pressure, even if you don't think it is. While cats care nothing about hierarchy, structure, and order, though they do like a schedule to break up monotony, dogs demand it. If dogs were people, fascism and totalitarianism would be the best system of government you could use, and you wouldn't even need the fear of Jews to do it. Being aware of this is essential in case you find yourself following a group down a path you shouldn't. You may have to take time out for a bit until you can control yourself better. This is why peer pressure could help when overcoming habits or addictions you both share. When one of you is weak, the other can act as alpha and drive you back in a motivation. Later, you can be the alpha and drive them. In all substance abuse programs, they show this to have a higher result rate than people trying to do it on their own. Having a dog like having a child is very difficult and demanding. It's recommended that you only get a puppy during vacation time so you can give the puppy a strict schedule. Of course, in this economy in the US, vacation time is difficult to come by unless you're unemployed. I do not have a dog because I know what kind of work and attention and training goes into them and I need a yard. We have cats because they require less from us. It's the same reason why we don't have children at this point. Dog training in the puppy stage works a lot like cat training. Crate training is considered the best early method because the puppy sees it as its den and it is her safe, private, quiet place. She also doesn't want to defecate in it, so it makes it great for potty training. Getting a crate that is too big can give the puppy room to defecate at one end and sleep in the other. You can get a divider for bigger breeds of dogs so they can grow into the crate. Many consider the idea of crate training cruel until they learn about the dog's instinct and points of view. It once again comes down to perception and realizing what the animal sees and picks up versus what you think you're telling it. An example of it is a farmer who had a young dog who kept barking. The farmer would try to pet it to calm it down, but the barking just got worse. The monks in the dog training book listed below just ignored the dog and took it for a walk to wear it out. The barking stopped. Turns out the farmer, by petting the dog when barking, was rewarding it for barking so it kept doing it. The same is true if a dog is barking from separation anxiety and you come in while it's barking. It learns that barking will lead to you coming back. You have to wait to enter the house until the barking subsides. Training begins as soon as you get a dog, and you are training it even if you do nothing. You are now just training them to be an alpha. Many think that training shouldn't start till six months, but by that time it can require more extreme methods that are unpleasant for both of you to undo conditioning. Seven to ten weeks is when you need to start training, though it's a light training teaching them respect for leadership, attentiveness, and play. Of course, from the beginning, you have to teach them to pee outside. Leave the puppy in the cage to teach it to hold its bladder, but for no longer than three hours, or it could get adjusted to having a mess in its den. If it starts barking to get out, hit the door to get its attention and calmly but firmly say no. Then let it out after five minutes so it won't associate barking and being let out. Raising your voice too much can give the sound of desperation. An angry voice can just induce fear, making the confused animal cower. Psychology shows our inner beasts run on willpower. Willpower is not an infinite thing no matter how trained a person is. We have a limited amount per day and we need things like rest, relaxation, and nutrients to keep the level up. 
Listening to music has shown to increase it slightly as well. However, the only way to raise it long term is to force yourself to do it out of practice. I bring this up because it's been shown that your inner beast likes to be asked, not demanded, or bullied into doing things. A study shows that the entire wording used in inner dialogue can change the outcome. When people said to themselves, I will work out today, as opposed to, will I work out today? The second group was more likely to work out or do the task. This brings up the concept of begging versus asking versus demanding. Just like the puppy, your inner beast has no respect for begging. That means it's the alpha. It doesn't like demanding either. That requires breaking the spirit and emotional repercussions if it fails. It still wants respect as a non-alpha, so that when the alpha asks it something, it's more than willing to do so and feel good about it. At 7-10 to 10 weeks of training, playing is embedded into attentiveness and leadership respect, so the puppy will have positive connotations with these traits. It will be ready to do what you want because it makes it happy when you, the alpha, are happy. It's what I've referred to in past videos as inverse empathy that you have to master. If you have a dog training class, it will train you as well to think and communicate with your dog instead of how you naturally assume the dog is perceiving you. Ask your vet about a good trainer, because there isn't a national certification in the US and you can call yourself a trainer with no certification. Hopefully with this series I've already started conditioning your mind to think around the issues and look for problems with your animal or yourself. Good luck with your training, you and your inner beast will appreciate it in the long term.